Well, this is Bruce Pulver, and welcome to another episode of Can I Have a Word With You? Taking a different track today, my amazing co-host, Heather Carter, has had to step away, and we had a conversation yesterday about, well, do we just kind of skip a week? We said, no, when we committed to this, we committed to consistency. So then we thought, well, what about just doing a replay of something we've already done? So no, that's not, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for what we need to do here with what we've committed to. And uh, immediately we both landed on, well, why don't we have ask the amazing person who introduced Heather and I together to see if he'll join us and sit in the chair um, while Heather's away. And we reached out to our friend, Mr. Bill Schomburg, and he said yes. So I'm going to invite my friend on here in a couple of minutes, but I want to tell you a little bit about Bill and I. Um, Bill introduced Heather Carter and I, and I will forever be grateful for that. I was introduced by Bill to Bill through the Clubhouse app, a lady named Michelle McLean. I was talking to Michelle, maybe 20 minutes. She goes, you have to meet this man. So I said, I'm game. Uh, a 20-minute conversation ended up being two hours the first time we were on the phone. And every Friday that we possibly can, we spend at least an hour on the phone. And I've grown so much by knowing this man. He pours into me. I know that that's a reciprocal. And I'm just so delighted to have Mr. Bill Schomburg join us today. I'm going to bring him on, let him introduce himself a little bit. But I, like I said, I am so blessed to have on episode number 30 of Can I Have a Word With You, Mr. Bill Schomburg. So, Bill, welcome, my friend. Afternoon, Bruce. Uh, it's great to see you. And, you know, I think maybe we... Um, I'm going to let some folks into maybe a little bit of this Friday talk that we have that we don't record, you know, and thank goodness, right? We'll try to keep it between the lines, but um, welcome, my friend. I, I am so honored that you said yes. Uh, we get 20 or 30 minutes to chat, and I don't think there's a limit. We'll just go. Wait, there's lines? You didn't say, you didn't say anything about lines. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we'll just give it a go. And I, So I thought, I mean, you and I, have gotten to know each other i think it's 18 months now and we're locked and loaded and i think it would be a service to our listeners and folks that are here to just tell us a little introduce yourself a little bit and um then we'll just kind of unpack the word friends and hopefully we'll get some really good dialogue going here and and one or two nuggets that maybe our listeners can pick up about what that means in the meaning of life well, I'll start where you left off with your your uh, early comments. <clears throat> I too am indebted to Michelle uh, McLean that she spoke those words to you and that we met. Uh, uh, we we didn't meet in pet in person for quite a while, but we yeah. started those conversations and just never stopped. And and I think true friends, maybe the audience will identify with this. You know, you're really friends with someone when no matter when the last conversation was, you pick right back up, yep. maybe not on the same topic, maybe not in the same frame, but the conversation just flows. And uh, if either you or I ever run out of conversation topics, I'll be surprised. <laughs> um, you and I both love the learning uh 
it's a two-way street in the way that you have grown me, encouraged me, supported me. Uh, um, when you first approached me, you and you and Heather include me in a text thread, and um, I I had at your suggestion offered a couple of words, and uh, when we started today, when when I came in and and uh, you and I actually sort of set all this up, me technology challenged, and you had suggested a different word. People, there's way too much uh, background just in the last 72 hours around what a great choice for your word. Uh, thank you, my friend. Well, I'll just, I'll just start this and, and, you know, we'll, Love to have this will not be the last conversation we have on this on this podcast. Can I have a word with you? I guarantee you that. But there's some things that that I just want to say that really I think solidified a friendship very quickly between you and I. And number one is what you and these are things, Bill, that you bring to the table for me. And I want to honor you with just these thoughts if if you will allow me. Number one is is your clarity you really want to understand before you offer direction. And when you do, you present it so with so much clarity and thoughtfulness. Um, the interesting thing again to me, and we didn't talk about this, but one of the bonds is our, is our love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. And, and you've asked me so many challenging questions in those kinds of conversations. Um, I'm so grateful that you are on that walk with me, that you are so strong in your beliefs, yet you are free of judgment. And those are just qualities in a friendship that I so much respect because it's a it's a fence post that is solidly buried in the ground, but it never, ever comes at me in a way of why are you doing that or wait a minute, dude, you are free of judgment, but you are so solid um, in your foundation. And I, you are always available. So your availability is beyond and not just with Bruce Pulver. Um, I just see it. Everybody that knows you, that I've had the opportunity to speak with has a unique bond to you. And it's situational. It's about how you came to serve them, how you stepped into their life, but not how but also the way you did that. So, um, yeah, that to me is kind of the start of a friendship and, and why it, it solidified so quickly. Well, I want to take just a second when you, when you reference the, uh, the strength of that fence post related to the foundation of uh, my faith and also yours, which I'm also unbelievably grateful for. But what I was doing when I was looking around my office, I have a picture of a, a um an old cowboy and if anyone has ever um, been around the cattle industry this cowboy is leaning against a, a really stout fence next to a loading chute where cattle are either loaded or unloaded via semi and when you said that i that image just hit my mind and um it, it was just so powerful. So I don't want people to think I was 
Um, well, what did you get lost? <laughs> no, in fact, that that faith foundation ensures that I'm never lost. Uh, as a human, <coughs> excuse me, as a human being, I might be a little confused, but I'm never lost. Um, and, and if we might, if we'll take a quick step backwards, you ask, who am I? Yeah. Well, I, in the classic sense, uh, I learned yesterday where the John Glenn, I walked on the moon reference came from that I didn't know. I used it all the time. You're familiar with the cocktail conversation, Bruce? Go right ahead. Bring me up to date. No, I'm not. Well, the way that I had always heard it was group of men are standing at a cocktail party. And and uh, as men tend to do, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Bill Schomburg. What do you do? Uh, oh, I, I'm a uh, vice president of a, a major bank. And uh, the next guy's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so, I'm a partner in the third largest law firm in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a man walks into their, their little enclave and nobody knows him. So of course they turn to him and the uh, unappointed leader of the group looks up and says, oh, I'm sorry, who are you? Or uh, can you tell us what you do? I walked on the moon, end of conversation. So um, the the reason that comes to mind so often is I'm so flattered by the manner in which you talked about my availability to people. I really don't care if anybody knows my name. I do care that they know who I am by introduction from someone else who I, I have served in some manner because it's that connection to people that matters most to me. Yeah. Um, where's, well, that, where's that come from, Bill? From your, I mean, help us with that. Where, where did Bill Schomburg kind of, de de I don't say develop that, but kind of where did that come from? Maybe our guests um, need just a quick piece because it's going to show up over and over um in our conversation today but uh in the last <clears throat> 48 hours i attended the memorial service for a man who um represented that aspect well meaning he was never too busy he was always available um he, his family i sat above them in a, in a little auditorium and as the service unravel or not unraveled evolved um i just continually looked at this legacy in front of me of this man that i i, I knew i know he and his wife well i'd never actually met his children face to face mm. and you might ask well, how do you know a guy so well and his wife and never meet his kids when I met him, his kids were grown and starting their own families. And now they have grandchildren. And, um, uh, but he was a uh, school principal. And I could go through all the connections. I didn't attend his school. I didn't have family that attended his school. But 
I met him in my church mm. and he was our, the, the facilities director of a property where our church was in Springfield, Illinois, or is in Springfield, Illinois. And if you, if I go back further, career-wise, I was a professional horse trainer for 20 years. Uh, I built synthetic grass fields for 20 years. And now I'm in a season of my life for about five years where I'm involved in technology in the automotive industry. So if you wonder how three so disconnected um, works connect a guy or a person, the only part I can reference is what I learned from each of those careers is that life's all about people. Okay. You hear it as a cliche in business, um, but the foundational piece of learning through really tough circumstances in life, no tougher than anybody else's, mm -hmm. but until you've lived them or walked them, nobody can tell you how tough it really is. Yeah. And anybody who tries to is foolish in my opinion. Right. But that's how we learn. We make mistakes and we go forward. Right. We talk a lot about connection and how we are connected. And, and I love the way you describe that because I think that can be a seed for developing friendships. Can you can you share, would you share a little bit about kind of that phrase you say and then kind of where you found places to plug? And the reason I asked that is if there's someone listening here that maybe believes that they're alone and don't have anything that they can, in fact, assemble around. And I'm not going to use your word. I want you to use your words. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity to step into that meaning and take that step forward and start. Well, the phrase that you referring that you refer to is connected by brokenness. We're all connected. And it's not the success that connects anyone. Um, success can tend to isolate us, um, give us false, a, a false picture of reward and undeserved riches, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Whole different topic. But in the connection side, the place where that phrase came to light was at a, an automotive conference really early in my time in this uh, industry. And I watched person after person go to the stage, tell their story, tough circumstances. And then they're, but they're standing on the stage because they've achieved some level of success in the worldly uh, identification. And it occurred to me standing at the back of the room, listening to a speaker who had just finished, standing next to a speaker. I'm sorry, listening to the person on stage standing next to a speaker who had just finished. And I thought to myself, there's over the two day period, there were 20 speakers. Uh, and there were 200 plus people in the room. Mm -hmm. So if you use just simple math, 10% of the people are going to maybe get to that stage. Yeah. And 90% never are. Does that mean they're less? They're not worth as much. They're not worthy. The answer is a resounding no. Yeah. That stage does not determine your value. Your value 
in what you and I, the, the manner in which you started our conversation. And, and let me offer just in political correctness, the idea, I believe what I believe because of my experiences. Mm. I would never attempt to convince someone how they should believe, what they should believe, who they should believe in, because I'm going to miss. The Lord had a unique set of experiences he offered me or created in my life to allow me, if I choose, to be drawn closer to him. Wow. You see, see what I mean, friends that are out here listening about how how non-threatening, how approachable, how available Bill is, but he's speaking in in a very confident way. And that's kind of where the beauty in in connect that connection is, Bill. You're not saying that we should be celebrating our brokenness, like, oh, woe is me and woe is you, and we're all like that. But we can turn a woe is me into a wow is me just because of who we are. It's what kind of what I hear you. It's that acceptance of we all have some some cracks, some chips, right? We all have some dings. We all have scars. And I, I truly believe that this, the scarring over of a, of a bruise, a wound, is actually one of the strongest parts of our body because it is healed and it's grown. It's, you know, it's got the it's got the lift to it, if you will. It's, it's actually the beauty often. And and thank you for, sh- for sharing that and keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to kind of interject about just the point of how you're presenting that with pure, unadulterated acceptance. Well, you and I are, for those who um, are just joining us, my guest today is Bruce Colbert. He's known <laughs> as the word guy. <laughs> and, and that's why it, that, no, you, you, you found that word that matters. Why is a bone or, t- or tissue that's healed been wounded and healed why is it stronger than the original because that's the amazing way that we're created and if you don't know anything about healing um in a physical manner i learned about healing when at the age of 53 i shattered every bone every bone below my waist doing something stupid and I had an 18-month recovery. I had 15 major surgeries over 18 months. Um, and that's not to that's not to brag or to have you feel sorry for me. I'm giving you, I'm offering a perspective of, yeah, he knows a little bit about healing. <laughs> but that's the physical healing. Right. The emotional healing is where. You're going, you are going to physically heal unless there's some intervening factor that prevents that. Right. Our bodies are designed to heal. That's going to happen. Yeah. The emotional piece is what gets missed. Those events in our lives that create emotional scarring, healing can't, healing emotionally doesn't look like what it does in the rest of the body right you may get stronger but you also may feel more alone more isolated more separated and believing the lie that no one could possibly understand 
or more importantly, walk alongside you. Yeah. Wow. So let's take some time then, if we can now. Let's, as we know in this show, we kind of take a word and we write it vertically and we kind of break it down. And hopefully you guys, um, I don't know, um, this is the first time we've audioed or videoed any of our conversations, Bill. And and again, the depth of, of this friendship is beyond what we can do maybe in 30 minutes. So um, we'll definitely do this again. But I'm going to throw some the letters of the word friends out there and maybe we spend a minute or two on, on each one. So so I wrote friends need one. Be one. And the F in friends is finds a place or a way to help. What are your thoughts on that as a part of a factor of being a friend? We often hear people use the phrase, I, I, I wouldn't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I had a, a, a different friend reference this so well recently. And as you said that, as you used find, it was in the uh, idea of I'm a, uh, I'm a widower and I'm better known as somebody who's a great warmer up than a cook. <laughs> this particular individual when I reference my lack of cooking ability, cooking abilities shot back. Well, nobody was born knowing how. Yeah. The point being, if anybody wants a couple of quick guidelines about how to come alongside somebody, shut your mouth and open your ears. And just sit there. Just be. Wow. You know what that brings back to me is the word silent. And the word listen have the same letters in it. So close your mouth and just be. Did I mention this is Bruce Pulver, the word? <laughs> okay. That's uh, so the, the R then in friend requires nothing in return. Uh, by the way, as I'm writing and taking notes, which you and I do that when we talk, but we don't see each other do it. So I don't want anybody to think I'm ignoring you or I'm looking at my phone in one hand and writing in the other. Um, requires nothing in return. Probably one of the, yeah, there's another rule. You want to know how to be from the F, find a way. Imagine any action that you take, try it. Try it for an hour. Take no action that can bring you anything in return. Just see how long it, we're wired, quid pro quo, whatever you want to call it. We're wired that way. Life can pull that out of us when it's least needed. Wow. Because it's never, when, I think of my friend that passed away. His name was Bill also. He never required anything of me except that I do my best. And the number of circumstances where we interacted was limitless. Imagine never being able to, imagine being able to say, he never asked anything of me except my best. Wow. 
Yeah, my dad, again, word guy. Um, and we all have those, those influences. And one of them, as you know, was my father. And I remember him telling me, Bruce, the only time get should come before give is when you see it in the dictionary. I love that requires nothing in return. And like your friend, just, just be the best, be the best you can be today. Right. And sometimes that's not going to be very good, but that's okay. Right. Just mm -hmm. be the best you can be. The I then in friends is a listener before a fixer. We may have hit that one is a listener before a fixer. You said kind of be quiet and, and just be. So we move to the E, elevates with encouragement. Well, what would you say about that? I mean, I know you encourage me and, you know, encourage, you know, courage means from the heart, right? So um, talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? How can someone and be a friend in encouragement without being directive or without being prescriptive? I'm going to go back. It's so fresh for me, the, the loss of this man, but I don't mourn except for the loss. I know his family feels mm -hmm. I'm thrilled because I know where he is. So the elevate piece, you and I both know the scripture that says, uh, absent the body present with Christ and present with, with Christ brings the scripture to mind. Sorry. It's good. As my friend and my late wife entered the presence of Christ, they both heard the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. So the elevate piece, if we think of what is our end goal, you and I would agree based on our foundation if I look at everything that I do, in this case, we're talking about coming along someone in community or who's experiencing brokenness. If my end goal is to hear those words, how do I do that with this particular person I'm in community with at the moment? Wow. So elevate could just be an arm around the shoulder. It can be a nudge. It could be a wink. It could be a, you got this. It could be a note. It could be a text message to someone in the morning that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while and say, Hey, you were on my heart. You got this, or I'm here. Just we, if I might add one more thing, we hear all the time, the idea of bigger, better, faster, stronger, right? Well, I'm always looking at the reverse. In horse training, there is uh, a tool a set of spurs. Everybody's seen a set of spurs that cowboys wear. Sometimes people see that as a, a tool that needs or that ensures force is going to be used. Well, imagine applying it in this way. If a fly lands on a horse's back and he swishes his tail, can he still feel the lightest of pressures? Well, then as I look at, do I need to use a tool like a set of spurs forcefully? Or do I need to find the smallest amount of pressure that ensures an action or an outcome that benefits the receiver, not 
the person offering you pressure. Wow. See, you guys, now you know why I'm so grateful that Bill Schomburg said yes. Okay. Um, we got elevate with encouragement, right? And is never quick to judge. I, I'll let me toss something in there. Please, please. We never know the circumstance completely when we step into a situation. So, who am I to say I know? Whether it's something as simple as someone trying to merge in traffic, you know, and I'm running late too. You know, I don't, I don't know who's in their car with them, where they're trying to get. Maybe it's an emergency, right? I don't know what kind of um, environment they just left. I mean, maybe they're escaping something that is something I know nothing about. So that's really what I'm thinking about there when I'm thinking never quick to judge, like pause, right? Maybe it gets back to the, listen, you know, pay attention. So any thoughts around that? I mean, never quick to judge because you are, again, one of the least judgmental people I know although you're inc incredibly strong in your beliefs, which I just so respect. Well, I appreciate that encouragement, Bruce. Um, I hope nobody ever mistakes my kindness for weakness because Christ was one of the kindest people, uh, but he was never weak. Um, and to your idea of the never, if you want to pause, and you need something in that moment to figure out how you would how you might respond. Mm -hmm. Remember the phrase, and it's a Facebook meme, and I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if anyone's never heard it. But everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Yeah. Be kind. Right. So that be that becomes everything is a muscle that can be strengthened developed or created everything so that concept of how do i somebody i've never met know nothing about and yet you've been invited into a circumstance where you're going to interact you want a foundation for at least starting well think about that yeah right Wow. The D in friends. Deepest trait is trust. I don't know if you buy and buy that, believe that. I think I think it is. I think a friendship requires a ability to have your back to your back so that you are addressing and tackling and assisting and working on challenges together without any fear of anything going into your back from the person that you are friends with. Um, now, sometimes that has challenges and that I'm not saying that is a, is a, um, a non-starter, but because I think you, you, we're, we're, we have the opportunity to allow that to be real rebuilt if it does get tarnished. But I see that as an incredibly key factor to a friendship is the ability to be trusted and also to have trust fair how would i break your trust bruce i don't know bill i mean i i, I don't i don't i mean i never that net thought never comes to my mind um, i'm not letting you off the hook how would i break your trust you or, or someone you me 
How would I? How would Bill Schomburg break Bruce Pulver's trust? Probably, if you ever showed up, not the Bill Schomburg that I've grown to become friends with and love very, very much. Your words are getting in your way. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to tease you. Um, how is how is trust built? Action. Part of it. There's an answer here that I'm, I'm not sure I have for you, buddy. No, 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 you're not all the time on Fridays. And I know, hey, I'm going to keep this thing rolling because I know we try to wrap this. But no, this is like this is the Friday afternoon conversations with Bill Schomburg. Is that well? I, like I, the I'm I'm aware of the time. We we are Sherpas to each other, brother. <laughs> um, here's what I was going for. Before you have time for actions, because actions evolve over time, you have to have communication. And as we communicate, people learn. We teach people whether or not we are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Do our, are our words consistent? Is our messaging consistent? Do our actions reflect our words? Because one of the quickest ways to break, it, I won't say my trust gets destroyed easily, but get, it gets uh, challenged easily because um, I'm cursed with a good memory. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. And I remember what people told me. And I remember how they act. And so I'm not, a, I'm not looking to judge them. I'm looking to see how much can I trust them. Mm. And uh, the reason that you and I have such a close friendship, brotherhood, fellowship, you and I are involved in not just our Friday conversation, but we have an early morning fellowship call on Tuesdays with some other men. Um, we have interactions socially, I, I mean, on social. Um, we live too far apart to be as social as we'd like to be together. But all of those words, actions, consistency combine to have the sort of trust we have. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the word guy who couldn't come up with the word, right? I, I did talk. not do that. I, I thought, geez, Bill, now you look like you're trying to trap your friend. <laughs> I did a talk yesterday and I talked about the say do ratio and that may net it down. You know, it, is that ratio one over one, two over two, three over three? The, the numerator should never be greater than the denominator in the say do ratio is one way and I'm, here's a word guy going math on you <laughs> well i'm, I'm going to come back to you the will i i have a word at the end that will leave your guests with and then you or heather can fill it in uh whenever your next show is you bet so we'll, we'll, hit, that we'll hit the s then for friends sometimes shows tough love there's that kindness with weakness aspect but I think there's also an, an accountability factor. And you and I talk about that a lot. Um, not that we are perfect or we will ever be perfect, but it's that be the best you can be today that you said that your friend um, definitely instilled in you. Don't ask for anything from anyone except their best, their best effort they can give at that moment. So what do you think about that? The tough part, the tough part aspect. Um, two things. If you always agree with me, I'm going to stop trusting you because I'm not 
I'm, I'm wrong way, way more than I'm right. And I only find out I'm wrong when somebody is strong enough to look up and go, that's not right. <laughs> and, and I've had people in my life say, you know, you think you're right. I said, well, yeah, I do. But I state things in a manner so that people will believe what I say, not because I need to be right. I need to be held accountable. And yeah. if I'm wrong and you know it and you don't say anything, which one of us is guilty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not my friend by telling me I'm right all the time and thinking, what a fool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not an easy thing. I mean, you, you don't just dive into being that person in a friendship, right? There's that trust aspect that we talked a little bit about. That's there's that, you know, I don't say validation, but there's, we, we have a protective gene, right? That, that, you know, wants to protect ourselves from being hurt, from being, um, uh, from trusting maybe that's a false trust. So I, I, I love that. And I think it does become part of the maturity of a friendship. It, if a friendship is ever going to evolve into a fellowship, that trust factor has to be tested and increased. It's like your immune system. Yeah. Your immune system is never going to be or stay healthy unless it's challenged. It's not a set and forget. It's a, this is how it works. Yeah. And it's by design. That's how it works. Um, I know we're way over the original time and yeah, I do want to respect your guest, but it's funny when I looked at the last letter and the word friends, yeah, my word is an S word. It is. <laughs> uh, well, tell you what, let me run through friends real quick. Okay. Yep. And then let's, uh, we'll do this one more time. And then I want you to close this out for me. Um, after I close this, is that okay? We'll do that real quick. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got everyone friends F finds a place and a way to help. R requires nothing in return. As my friend Bill said, show up and shut up. Just listen, right? I is a listener before a fixer. E elevates with encouragement and never quick to judge. D deepest trait is trust. S sometimes shows tough love. And Bill Schomburg, you are a dear friend of mine. And I am so honored that in 18 months, I feel like we've been friends for life. And um, I know that God brought us together to grow this and I know he's got bigger plans and I just can't wait to continue to see them unfold. So Bill, if you want to close this out with your last word and any kind of challenge or any kind of bit of encouragement, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, Bruce, I'll, I'll edit one small uh, item in you, in what you just shared. We are friends for life. Um, God was good in this connection through Michelle and then uh, the manner in which we're, excuse me, meeting today through Heather and you. Um, I, I count my blessings often, especially in times like I've just gone through in the last 24 hours. So eternally grateful for you and the men like you in my life. It's not a very, it's not a high number at all. And people say, oh, you know, you choose that circle you want to be in. I do choose, but it's a factor of elimination. It's not addition. And um, 
this part, I just, I love this word, the fact that it does start with an S. And I only just recently heard it and learned it myself. So if your listeners will look up the word, and I'm going to look down to spell it so I spell it correctly. It's pronounced sesquipedalian. It is spelled S-E-S-Q-U-I-P-E-D-A-L-I-A-N. And if you already know the meaning, Bruce, you can go ahead and share it today. But if not, you bring it back up with uh, Heather and yourselves next conversation, and you can have a chuckle on my part. We will do that. And that's a tough one because it's got a Q and a U in it. Those things are tough. Well, Bill Schomburg, for you spending just a part of your day with me and our listeners, I am deeply grateful and we will have you back. I like this guest format. So when I take some time, then Heather will, will, uh, will do the same. But uh, for, for now, Bruce Pulver signing off for Can I Have a Word With You? And this has been a great conversation and so valuable. I hope everyone gets at least a little nugget out of this. And until next time, thanks, everybody. Thank I love you, you brother. Love Thank you, you back. See you. Bye.